There is a, a massive misunderstanding out there in the world about people who go to church. And uh, perhaps this is going to be news to you, but a lot of people out there in the world imagine that people who go to church think they're better than they are. Now, maybe you've never come across that, but I come across that in conversation with people a lot. For a lot of people, you all, because you did get up and showed up here and here you are, for a lot of people, they think that you think that you're better than them. And because of that, they think you're hypocrites. That's a big misunderstanding. That's a huge misunderstanding, at least among us here. Now, I, I would have to say that I have been at a few churches where I wondered if that wasn't the case. But here, as I look around at all of you, it is my fervent prayer that in order to prove yourself better than the guy next to you is absolutely not the reason you showed up today. In fact, if, if that is the reason you showed up today, I, I'd like you to go out and come back in again, reciting all the while part of the service that we did not use because of the baptism today. I, poor, miserable sinner, am here, Lord. <clears throat> now, we sang in the hymn about our need, about why we come our fervent need because we recognize that we are in need of forgiveness. And this is where forgiveness is offered. This is actually where the font of eternal life truly exists. We come not because we are kept Chris, but because we know ourselves all too well. And we are honest about the fact that apart from this gift, we're going to die and die alone and die eternally. And that's not what we want. It's not what we want for anyone else either. But knowing that this is where life is to be had, there is no other place we would rather be. We've looked for love in lots of places. This is where it is to be found. This is where the love of God flows freely and specifically to do the job that we need it to do. Because what separates us from our Father is this sin. Not just what I do that is wrong, but the very brokenness that is me. The sin that I carry around with me now because of what I am, much less who I am. I, having inherited all that Adam committed and all that the human race has experienced, this entire brokenness, 
that we all are. This needs healing and it needs ongoing forgiveness. And so having come to the farm and having been crucified and raised with Christ, now the Lord Jesus himself would feed me on his bread of life and feed me on his true love so that I might be his and he might be mine. As we said last week, you are what you eat. And so we are bound to him in this meal. But even more than that, even more than just it being the body and blood of Jesus, it has these benefits. As Jesus himself said, this I give to you for the forgiveness of your sins. The body broken, the blood shed. What the Lord accomplished 2,000 years ago and some 12,000 miles away outside of the city of Jerusalem on the cross, he didn't leave it there. He didn't abandon us to try to get back there in our own imagination. But instead, having ascended into heaven at the right hand of his father, he is now giving this gift away giving it to us so that we can eat and drink from the tree of life again. To eat and drink from the Son of God so that we have all that he has accomplished for us. Baptism and the Lord's Supper and the scriptures themselves, this mode of communication, preaching in the name of Jesus, announcing the forgiveness of sins, all of these words come to us because we need them. We need desperately what they have to offer. The sin that separates us from our God needs covering. It needs forgiving. When that happens, all of these other benefits flow directly from it. But when we are reconciled, back to the Father himself, through the Son, and in the Spirit. And what I just said before, eating from the tree of life is exactly what we receive. What comes from that gift of forgiveness, but also life and salvation? We are rescued from death. We are brought out of the reign of death and into the kingdom of life. Over the course of the generations following Adam and Eve, as you read them through in Genesis 5, it becomes almost monotonous, paragraph after paragraph after paragraph. Everybody gets excited about how long these people live, the many years of their lifespan. How can we don't complain about the fact that Adam and Eve were supposed to live forever? We get excited about the fact that people live for 800 years or 600 years or 400 years. But you know what happens at the end of all of those paragraphs after all of those huge, long lifespans that seem absolutely amazing and incredible? The thing that is so telling, the thing that is such an abomination 
in all of those paragraphs is the last three words. And he died. And he died. Over and over and over and over again. That's the, that's the sample of those verses. Not the expansive numbers of years they lived on the earth, but the very fact that God had created them in order to live forever. And that life was short-circuited because of the fall, because of their sin. And he died. And that's what Paul means when he says death was the tyrant over all humanity until the promise of life in Christ comes and breaks through that tyranny and puts our Lord Jesus on the throne instead of death. In J.R.R. Tolkien's book, The Hobbit, there's a chapter in there, Riddles in the Dark. Bilbo Baggins finds his way to a deep, dark cave underneath a huge <clears throat> mountain where he also finds the creature Gollum. And while he is feeling his way around in the cave, he comes across a ring. And in that pocketing of that ring, the creature Gollum wants it back. And so he wants to eat Bilbo at the same time. So they decide to have a contest, a contest of riddles. <clears throat> Whoever wins the contest gets to go free. Or, sorry, if Bilbo wins the contest, he gets to go free. If Bilbo loses the contest, he gets to be dinner. One of the riddles that Gollum gives to Bilbo to try to figure out is a riddle about mountains being crushed, kings being killed, all kinds of stable and impenetrable things falling away into dust. What has the power to do these things? And Bilbo's answer, the correct answer, it turned out, was time. Time kills all things. But behind the power of time is that power of death. Everything ultimately comes to its end. Everything that is not in Christ. And that's the difference, you see. That is the difference. The entire cosmos eventually is going to go through its own Good Friday and Easter Sunday morning. Everything that God has created is going to be wrapped up in God's judgment and come through on the other side. But only those things that are in Christ. He is the one safe place in all the cosmos for enduring and standing on the day of the Lord. And so to be in your baptism, to be in the word, to be in the body and blood of Christ is to be guarded, sure, safe, and secure in the refuge that is Jesus. To be in the stronghold that God has provided for you. To be fed, nourished, secure, guarded on all sides, above, below, and on 
the right hand and on the left, before and behind. To be in Christ and to be fed by Christ. These are the gifts that make for life and salvation, rescue and peace, confidence now and hope for the future. Because it is not just that the Lord is with me, but that I am in him. He is here to speak the words of promise again into my ears again today. And he is here to feed me and surround me with his gifts. So that empowered by him, reconciled to him, at peace with him, all of the effects of sin that would lead me into death and to keep me from having the, the hope that he has promised me, to make me imagine that there is some cosmic clock ticking my life away, when in fact, when in fact, again today I'm given the promise that because he lives, I live forever and ever and ever. That there is no end that reigns over me as a tyrant. Death cannot hold me. It is but a short time. But the Lord Jesus Christ, having risen from the dead and reigning right now through these very gifts, breaks all tyrants over me. Sin, death, the power of Satan, the fear that each of those would try to drive and hold me in. It frees me so that I can live without encumbrance in the freedom of Christ and in his joy. These benefits of the gifts of the body and blood of Jesus take poor sinners and restore them to what they truly are in the eyes of God Almighty. Sons and daughters, princes and princesses of the King. Amen. The peace of God that passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen.